Hi, from Chicago, this is Bruce Dumont with our Beyond the Beltway analysis of national politics, featuring occasional injections of room and innuendo, all offered up by our panel of political insiders, pundits, power brokers, public servants, professors, and most importantly, plain-speaking Americans from coast to coast. Tonight, featuring, featuring commentary by progressive Democrat Mark Harris, centrist Democrat Michael Lieber, Republican economist Mike Miller, and conservative attorney Judith Sherwin. Our program tonight comes to our own base at the Museum of Broadcast Communications in Chicago, where our toll-free lines are open at 1-800-723-8289. That's 1-800-723-8289. And if you want to comment, we have a brand new Beyond the Beltway uh, email address. It's beyondthebeltway2019 at Gmail. If you want to tweet me a comment, it's at Dumo, at D-U-M-O. And, of course, you can join us on the World Wide Web, beyondthebeltway.com. For this show, or if you missed the show, you can find it just about any time in the future. And, again, of course, we are live on Facebook, and we are live on YouTube tonight. And it's great to have you with us. Uh, and, again, again, that phone number, one 800 723 8289. Uh, again, a, a very busy night. We've got uh, two Democratic debates uh, to discuss, and we're going to be talking about that as well as the G8 summit uh, involving the president. Uh, but first, we have to sort of lead with a big story uh, uh, of the past 24 hours, and that is uh, the historic walk from uh, the DMZ safe house at the DMZ between uh, North and South Korea. Uh, president Trump made that uh, walk today, that long walk. And uh, he and Kim Jong-un, they met literally right at the, uh, uh, at the center spot there. And then Kim Jong-un invited uh, President Trump uh, into North Korea. Uh, he went there. It appeared to be a very uh, cordial conversation be between the two of them. And what started out to be a photo op uh, that was going to last just, you know, maybe a couple of minutes, uh, the president invited him back uh, to uh, South Korea where they met at the DMZ safe house and they talked for almost an hour. So again, it was more than it was initially uh, me meant to be. And it also was the first time that sort of uh, Kim Jong-un met uh, sort of the, uh, the power of the press. I mean, surrounded by press, literally within, within uh, you know, two or three feet from him. He certainly was not used to that. So uh, let me begin by asking uh, all of our guests this evening. We've got a couple of Democrats, a couple of Republicans. I'm gonna start with Republicans. Judy Sherwin, to, to you first. Um, uh, some people would say that this is just another photo op. How can we get to beyond just photo ops with Kim Jong-un? Well, I mean, obviously that's the uh, $64,000 question, right? But, I mean, the there is clearly a relationship between the two of them. I mean, it's, it's really an extraordinary event when you think about it. Uh, you know, people are always making um, jokes about President Trump and his tweeting, he sends out a tweet and he says, come and meet me in the DMZ. And within a couple hours, boom, they say, sure, that sounds like a great idea. And the next thing you know, there they are in the middle of the night. So for us, it was an extraordinary moment. I remember the Korean War. I remember what it was like when my uncle was drafted and my grandmother thought he was going to die in, in Korea. So this is an amazing thing in my lifetime to see this. Another response from uh, Mike Miller to Paul University. Everything up till now has failed. Uh, every policy we have tried, no matter Democrat or Republican, they now have a nuke. Whether we like it or not, and he's a monster, 
and he has a, a repressive government, he is in fact the head of a state, and talking to him may be the only way we're ever going to make any progress. Mm -hmm. Mark Harris joins us, one of our Democrats. You are our progressive Democrat this evening. Mm -hmm. um, does the predicate, does the president get credit for what he pulled off today? I think so, and I, I would say that my father was in the Korean War. He was a second lieutenant in the infantry, was in the Incheon Landing, and made it as far north as the Chosun Reservoir, hmm. which is uh, most of the way towards the Yala River. And to see an American finally making it across the, the line, the DMZ line, is important. Um, I've always thought that you, you know, as long as you create a dialogue, there can be progress. You know, and yeah, nothing's happened of, of import in the previous conversations. And some people have even said that, that uh, Kim Jong-un has played the president. But at least they're talking. And that's better than lines in the sand and, and intransigence. And frankly, I think we should adopt some of the same dynamics with the Iranians. Talk to people. Well, Mike Lieber, you make your first appearance. You're what, you are a centrist Democrat. They're hard to find in Chicago. They are. They are. <laughs> um, but, you know, I, I, I agree with kind of what everybody said here, which is it's better that we're talking and having a relatively stable conversation than kind of where we were a year ago, year and a half ago, where you had the little rocket man and, you know, the, the North Koreans saying that they were going to destroy us and so forth. So there's progress. I was a little off-put by President Trump's statement, I think literally as he, I, maybe right after he crossed over or after he came back and he said, you know, it's a great honor to be here and it's a great honor to be with, with Kim Jong-un, um, you know, because we have to remember that this guy is, if not kind of the worst dictator in the world, certainly among the worst. You know, yeah. we, we talk about concentration camps and whether you've got concentration camps on the southern border, and we could certainly have an argument about that, and I don't think you do. There's not much of an argument that they have concentration mm -hmm. camps in North Korea. It's a bad place. And the question is, are we giving him, are, you know, are we giving Kim Jong-un too much legitimacy? At this moment in time, in the, in the wake of the American people, or many, at least Democrats who are Americans, witnessing 20 Democrats uh, in debate last week, is there any one of those Democrats that could have pulled off what Donald Trump pulled off today? I, I, I mean, I think the answer is really obvious. That if you look at, there's the gravitas that is missing from that group, even with Joe Biden at this point. Um, I thought Joe on the second night was kind of disappointing if you're someone who's putting your money on Joe Biden to lead the party into the future. Uh, I think they're making the same mistake with Joe that they made with Hillary in 2016. Um, there's just nobody on that stage who could pull this off. I really don't think so. And I don't think that, that Kim Jong-un would, would respond to any of them, even if they tried that way. Let's go back to the Democrats, Mike, and then uh, Mark. You know, I, I think there are a number of Democrats who are on the stage who absolutely could do that. I think it Such would. So, who are they? Um, sure, I think um, uh, Kamala Harris. I think Mayor Pete, who, um, full disclosure, I'm a big supporter of. Um, I, I think. Uh, uh, do you think Kim Jong Un would meet with Kamala Harris? Sure, but it would be kind of the way that we've always done diplomacy in the past, which means. Our Secretary of State would meet with their key people and so forth, and we would have a summit. It wouldn't be a tweet from her saying, "Meet me tomorrow night at six and you know, six p.m." Mm -hmm. Mark, 
I think Marianne Williamson would solve the situation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I she was on drugs during the debate. That was yeah. a lot. But I, I think people... I think people rise to the moment, and if, if someone had said two years ago, could you imagine, or two and a half years ago, Donald Trump crossing the DMZ to meet with a foreign dictator, people would say, you know, I can't imagine a game show host doing that. And and I, it, to Mike's point, I think several of the people there um, have, net, have foreign policy experience. I think Liz Warren could handle it. I think Bernie could handle it because he can get along with almost anybody. Uh, and Kamal is tough. You know, she's tough, but, uh, but, but I, I want to hear Mike's needs. response when we come back. 1 800 723 8029. Coast to coast and border to border. I'm Bruce Dumont. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog and new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Well, Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. And uh, Mark Harris, you're, uh, uh, you were for Bernie Sanders four years ago. Mm -hmm. And you are, you're, you're wavering between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren this year. Would that be fair to say? Well, I, I think they both occupy that progressive lane. And, um, and so obviously Liz didn't run four years ago. So, you know, I, I think either one of them would make a strong candidate. Um, I was mentioning a couple of minutes ago, I, I, I think Bernie has certainly uh, staked his, his ground as the, uh, you know, the, um, the democratic socialist of the group, but, but and that the, the party has adopted his platform largely, which speaks to the resonance of what he stands for policy-wise. But he, he's got to start delving into some of the specifics of, of uh, Medicare for All, for example, or free college, or the $15 minimum wage, so that it'll resonate with people beyond just as a talking point. You know, and in the debate the other night, he got hung up on the Medicare for All question, on the cost-shifting part of it. And um, Has his time come and gone? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, his time has been the last 40 years, you know, mm -hmm. and, and one of his strengths is that he hasn't changed in that in that time and that when it comes to values that's a big deal you know because one of the one of the concerns i have about the other candidates is you know if you want to see where somebody's going to go you don't necessarily look at what they say they're going to do you look at what they've done mm -hmm. you know and sanders and history has proven him right on so many issues yeah. um that i think i think his time still is now i mean maybe he would only serve one term i don't yeah. know but he, com he comes across like sort of like a broken record i mean i i think yeah, I, I, you, you, you can listen to Bernie Sanders and say, you know what, he, he's, he's packaged his positions well, but we heard them four years ago. There's got to be, there's, there's, there's new people, 
and he now has some competition. He has Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mark, in terms of your, your comment about where he has been, mm -hmm. are you not at all worried that the man was embracing the Soviet Union and communism, the most horrible philosophy ever created by human beings, mm -hmm. which led to the death of a hundred million people? Not through war, but within the countries themselves. How do you say he embraced the Soviet well, Union? Well, he go. That's where he spent his honeymoon. But, he, why, but why is that a you know? A, a, why would an you go to the to the home and embrace the most monstrous idea? Well, Nixon would, went to well, China you know, and he embraced. Uh, no, you know, he didn't Sherman embrace up. them. No, sure no, no. He, he didn't go there for his honeymoon. Them. He went there to say we have to deal with them <laughs> the same way we have to deal with the Soviet Union. Right. But that's a different thing than embracing them in terms of their philosophy. And he's yeah. a socialist. The this people, is the most yeah. damaging system ever created. But you're, you're, somehow, you're suggesting he's a collectivist, a Stalinist, and, he, and he's clearly well, avowed he's, that. He's but why would he say, I, he should say communism is a horrible he system. Did. It he killed 100 million people. He said it at the CNN meeting when the young lady said, basically paraphrased what you said about her parents coming from the former Soviet Union. He said, and he said the Soviet system was a terrible dictatorship. Oh, but he's going to do it right. Yeah, I got Judy. it. Judy. Yeah, okay. He's going to yeah. do it like the Northern Europeans. Yeah, ah, I mean, yes. Yeah, that's but you're not socialist. That's the way, night but they're not socialists. The, Judy. The issue, I think, was Bernie Sanders and his past, which you're bringing up very rightly. I mean, the man gave interviews about what a lovely thing it was to see the Soviets standing in line for bread. I mean, he's, he's I don't know that he's moved all the way past that position. And his position of, you know, he's a Northern European socialist. Mm -hmm. The Northern Europeans are not really socialists. Yeah, I don't know. Social if you, Democrats. Yeah. If you've so been, if you've been, they're pretty capitalistic. If you go to yeah. Sweden, if you go to Denmark, and and they have one thing going for them that we don't have going for us in in these programs that all of these people giving away free stuff were talking about. Everybody in these places, at least prior to the immigration, which is causing a lot of problems up there. Mm -hmm. Everybody worked, mm -hmm. all right? So if you got free health care, it was because you paid into free health care every month. Mm -hmm. If you got free college, you paid for that because everybody worked. Mm -hmm. We don't have that situation. We, we may be getting there, and Donald Trump may be the person who gets us closer to more people working. And if more people work, the government has more money. The government can do more things. Mm -hmm. But, but there's there's a very he's not a European Northern European socialist. Well, he's, my, all his, well, he's not. I, I think I think Bernie's biggest problem, and I think you hit on it, Bruce, is that he's kind of old news. These were kind of the greatest hits of 2016, and since 2016, a lot of the Democratic candidates. First and foremost, Elizabeth Warren has have essentially adopted his message, and she's new and fresh, and people like her, and people like a new and fresh. I mean, at least you know, relatively speaking, um, and you know, as a result, I think his his numbers are going to continue to erode. They're going to move over to to, uh, to Elizabeth Warren. I think Biden's numbers are going to erode, and they're going to go to Kamala, and maybe a little bit to Cory Booker, or Julian Castro, and Mayor Pete. And I think ultimately. After Iowa and New Hampshire, we're going to have three people left: Warren, Buttigieg, and uh, Harris. And, and Harris. Those those people who have voted for uh, voted for Barack Obama twice and Trump once, many of those people voted for Bernie in the in the primaries in 2016. <laughs> he didn't win. A lot of them, you know, went separate ways, and they voted for Donald Trump. Right. They, my, quest, my question this year is, 
if those same people are out there and Bernie Sanders doesn't get the nomination again, not because he's been screwed by the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. but he's just, he, he's, the pump competition is greater. Mm -hmm. If, this, if the dynamic is the same in November and you're, a, and you're a Bernie supporter in the spring, aren't some of those people still going to go and vote for Donald Trump mm -hmm. as, opposed, mm -hmm. it as opposed to voting for yeah. someone who beat their guy? It right. depends. Especially right. if it's Elizabeth Warren. It, right. it, it depends, and, and here's what it depends on. If the person who is the Democratic nominee is somebody like a Hillary Clinton in 2016 who wasn't talking about making big changes but kind of more of the same from the Democratic end. The problem is for a lot of those Obama folks who switched to Trump, the system wasn't working for them and hadn't worked for 40 years. These are people in the industrial Midwest who had seen jobs disappear and so forth. So if you have a Democrat who's saying, look, I'm not going to come in and blow up the whole system the way Trump did, but what I'm not going to be is a restoration of what the Democrats were in the past. I'm going to be something new. Maybe that's Warren. Maybe it's any one of those but, three. But it isn't Biden. It's not Biden. I'm not mind, if, in watching, Mike. if there was one thing in watching and listening to all those debates, it is how far left the Democrats have gone. I was a Democrat growing up. I grew up in Pittsburgh. Everybody was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. I didn't become a Republican until the 1980s when I believed that the Democrats left me. I'm more of a Kennedy, Scoop Jackson type mm -hmm. guy, so I, was a, I, I could have gone either way. There is no doubt in my mind, when I look at the, some of the stuff that people have said, I, they want me to license to own a gun. One of my constitutional rights, I have to have a license to exercise. Could you imagine if he said that about the Chicago Tribune has to have a license to print, to have a freedom of the press? And, and, they're, and that the, hand, the money's in the wrong hands and open borders. And, and they never learned anything from Milton Friedman. You cannot have open borders and a welfare state at the same time. You can't mm -hmm. allow people to come in from anywhere and you will take care of all their health care. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You will go broke. And, he's, and, and we all know was this. That, was that it's, picture? It's just, was the picture of all the candidates with their hands, hands up, up right. oh my on, on health care for illegal immigrants. When you saw that, Mr. Centrist Democrat, what did you think when you saw that picture? I wasn't crazy about it. I don't think it's going to be helpful, and I'm you know, trying to be as charitable as possible. I think hopefully some of the Democrats can say, look, you know, it's better that these folks who are either in the process of being exited out of the country or going through the immigration process and allowed to stay, that they're given health care because, frankly, in the long run, it's cheaper than they ha than if they have to go, mm -hmm. you know, get all their care from the emergency room, or we make them actually pay for it through taxes or something like mm -hmm. that. But yeah, I didn't like that picture. What did but, you, Mark? Uh, what did you think of it when you saw it? Well, you're, I, a, you're a political guy. You, you're you're very progressive. You might have liked what they said, but. In a practical world, can someone who raises their hand get a majority of uh, the Electoral College votes? Well, Bruce, I think, what's the alternative? I mean, do you deny people that need acute care and that may die? And, you know, in fact, this is one of the things that Pete brought up. You stop people from coming to yeah, the country. Well, oh, that's a different test. issue. No, no it's, it's the same issue. No, this no, is the same they're issue. Not the question was, you're not worrying about their health care. Well, well once they're here, the question was, once illegals are here, would you allow them to have health care? And you know that that's the issue. Not you know if we're going to talk about why they're coming, we got to talk about foreign policy going back to the 1950s. But one of the other one of the other questions, which which Castro uh, talked about, and that was uh, whether or not it should be illegal at all. Of course, uh, it should to come right. into well, the, the question was whether it should. it should be 
uh, a, a criminal, um, uh, you know, uh, or a, civil. a yeah. criminal or right. a civil. That does, you know, even if you make it civil, doesn't mean you're getting rid of border control. You're getting rid of ice. You're getting rid of drones and balloons that are flying. And I think most of the Democrats aren't saying, "Look, we're going to tear down all these walls and fences oh, and just let well, anybody come through." I mean, you I have, think that's the Republican message. Well, but no, I think no, 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 Beto O'Rourke. That's what Beto well, to paraphrase Trump, you know, I'm at 42 and Beto's at three and going to zero. Yeah, so okay. there's one thing that Democrats do not understand. Is, by the way, is, is Beto toast? I hope so. Yes. Oh, yeah, I hope so. I think yeah, he's he, done. he seems there's like an empty suit. Okay, everybody, we have a not quite yeah. right. With mm -hmm. okay. so what I think the Democrats do not understand is an economic concept called moral hazard. If you have a behavior you do not like, Mm -hmm. And then you impose a policy which makes it more likely that that behavior will occur. Mm -hmm. If what you don't want are people crossing the border illegally, you do not send them signals that if they get here, they can have everything. They mm -hmm. can have free health care, free education, mm -hmm. and so forth. That's a moral hazard. You've created incentives to violate mm -hmm. exactly what mm -hmm. you're trying but to stop. The problem with that, Mike, is we're not talking about a business relationship. We're talking about human beings yes, that yes. are fleeing it, war zones no, for their of very course, lives. But they are still, the idea of a moral hazard is is a, a, a general idea. It's not just in economics. It can be in politics or whatever. Certainly. If you tell somebody, I don't want you to come to the border, but if you get across, I'm going to give you all this stuff for free. They're going to come. That is, that's the moral hazard. We got You're a boss. saying I'm going to change the policy. One eight hundred likely. Seven two three eighty two nine. One eight hundred seven two three eighty twenty nine. I'm Bruce Dumont from Chicago. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. Bruce Dumont back. Thanks very much for joining us. We're going to let each of our guests now introduce themselves, and we will begin, we'll go with one Republican and then one Democrat back and forth, and we'll start with Judith Sherwin. Hi, uh, I'm Judy Sherwin. Uh, this is, uh, well, my fourth time on the show. Uh, I'm an attorney in Chicago with the firm of Retzel and Andrus, and I'm also an adjunct professor at Loyola University Law School, where I teach religious liberty in the law school, and I also teach uh, business law and ethics. Mike Lieber, making his first appearance. My first appearance, glad to be here. Uh, I'm a native Hoosier, uh, which uh, helps explain my support for Mayor Pete. Uh, <laughs> went to college on the East Coast and then have lived in Chicago for the last 20-something years. Uh, the husband of a wonderful wife, uh, three kids. Uh, I'm an attorney as well uh, and have my own firm, Lieber Law Group here in town, and it's my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Very good. Mike Miller. I'm an associate professor of economics at DePaul. I've been there, I'd see, tomorrow starts my 40th year. 
and I'm happy to say that I have become a father-in-law as of last week, and I wish to invite uh, to congratulate and, and embrace my uh, new daughter-in-law, Elizabeth. She is a wonderful woman. Very good. And so. she li- does she listen to the show? I doubt it. But, uh, <laughs> has she ever heard it? No. Has she ever heard, ever heard Yes, it? because my, my son has uh, showed it to her. I should <laughs> say she's okay. never heard it yet. Mark Harris. Uh, Mark Harris, uh, producer, uh, documentary producer and writer, uh, married father of three, also do some work in public policy. Um, currently promoting a uh, online video I did called Forensically Impossible. We're up to about a million views total, and it highlights the uh, blue wall of silence in uh, the Wisconsin justice system. Mm. Very good. Those are our guests this evening. And also, you mentioned you're starting your 40th year at, at DePaul University yes. uh, tomorrow. Uh, tonight is the 39th anniversary of uh, this program, and you've been on how many times? 70. It's 70 times. 70. Yeah. So with yes. this group, wow. uh, yeah, and I, tomorrow, think, I think that's probably seven, uh, 70 is probably a small number to some of the other people that oh, are yes. on the show. Oh, Charles and, and right. Arthur and so forth. Right. Yeah. I'm but also help. remember, tomorrow... Be, uh, the economy will have grown longer in a, an expansion than ever in history. We will have passed the 10-year mark, and tomorrow begins the next month of the longest, longest so longer expansion longer than the in 1920s? History. Longer than, the longest before this was in um, the 1990s. It oh, was wow. 120 months. Earlier tomorrow will be 121. Earlier in the broadcast, you were going chapter and verse about... Uh, about uh, Bernie Sanders and all the things he did in Russia that he mm-hmm. went there on his honeymoon. Um, are you as equally exercised about the president and his relations and comments about Vladimir Putin now? I wish I, I you know, I, you know that I didn't vote for him. Yes, I know. And I will vote for him this time because I fear all the stuff that we heard the other couple of nights. Right. I, I just, the Democrats have moved so far left, I don't know what else to do. I, the man has no filter between his brain and his mouth. So making fun of just turning to him and smiling and saying, don't interfere in the election, that was, I, why does he do that? I just don't know why he, he does those kinds of things. Uh, what really matters ultimately is, is he effective? Just like with Kim Jong-un, what will matter is, is his policy effective? I really hate, for example, his tariffs. These are mistakes. They are costing Americans big time. But if in the long run, China behaves well, and this also allows us to get better deals with Europe and so forth, that we have freer trade across the world, he will have won. He will have done a dumb thing to create a better outcome. So I'm hoping that maybe with this craziness that there is some better outcome. But Mike, other but than... But I'm not happy. Other than calling out NATO to pay their fair share in Europe, yeah, which, I think which would be okay, which is and, okay. And raising the issue of the trade imbalances, especially with the Chinese, um, and talking with Kim Jong Un, um, you know, he's been so detrimental to the co- to the country. Even the even the economy has been improving for ten years, and yeah. and a lot of economists are saying this is a an artificial pump up because the Fed is keeping rates low oh, but and that debt that is growing. And but remember, how, the Fed how is independent. How has he been, uh, Mark? How has he been detrimental to the country? Environmental laws. I mean, the CDC has estimated that thousands of our fellow citizens are going to die in the next 10 years because of all the environmental protections that they've stripped away with Scott Pruitt and uh, and, and subsequent people at EPA. Yeah. And, and I was going to ask you, uh, yeah, what are the ways that he's been detrimental? Well, you know, how, how much longer do we have in the show? Well, I mean, I mean, you well, know, because I mean, there's a lot to, of people out there to me, that want to have you yeah. articulate this. I mean, to, to me, the biggest way that he has been detrimental 
is he has undermined the morality of our leadership. And to me, mm. putting aside all the policies, and there are lots of environmental policies, trade, which, you know, the tariffs, which are just taxes of course, on me. Which are, which um, just so we make sure, Bernie right. supported exactly the same policy. Right. right. Oh, that's yeah. fine. That's but, why you know, the same but, people you know, who voted for yeah. Bernie voted for Trump. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but to me, just a lack of morality, and we've look, we've had plenty of oh. not, you know, you mean you know he's the first pure as the driven snow leaders, but you know, here is a guy um, who, you know, we don't need to recap the thrice I mean, married at least he's cheating not on having sex in the Oval Office. Well, I, mean, I could say that a lot more. Well, give him time. <laughs> you know, and I think one of the things that you're going to see in the election in 2020 is there is an enormous well of people on the left who want to vote for whoever the democrat is i think you're going to get some of those obama trump people to switch back and i you know what i think and here might be the key you are going to have maybe it's two maybe it's three percent of evangelical women who primarily vote based on abortion and that's fine are going to say you know what I'm never going to vote for the Democrat, but I was hoping that this guy would pivot when he got into office. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to be more moral, mm -hmm. and morality is important to me. And I'm just not going to show up and vote. He gave I'm not going to two Supreme Court justices, right? right. And they're going right. to they say and that's many, enough. And many, many other but judges. Most of the evangelicals, when you talk to them, say they're not necessarily looking for someone to be a devout Christian. What they are looking for is someone who protects their right to be a devout Christian. Mm -hmm. And they believe that that is precisely what he did with the appointments. Forget about the Supreme Court for a moment, all right? Look at what he's done to the federal bench. Yes. It's unbelievable. I mean, he has put into place federal judges who will follow the law, hopefully who will get over this national injunction business which hopefully someday the Supreme Court is going to deal with, there is no way that a judge in the district court in Chicago or anywhere else should be able to prevent on a national level any kind of policy that is going on in this country. They don't have the jurisdiction, which as you know as a lawyer means they don't have the power. They are not able to do that. They get away with it over and over again and and hopefully the people that he is now put on the bench are going to bring a halt to this if the supreme court doesn't deal with it but that's I, real change I, I, that's something that evangelical women all of a sudden you know we're looking to women to save you that's something that mm -hmm. evangelical women approve of but not okay. all not all and if if three percent of those women don't show up states like michigan wisconsin Iowa, Pennsylvania. I think that's a pipe dream. It's a but pipe dream. But if he gets three percent of the Latino vote, which he has been grabbing more. a fair percentage of right. the Latino vote, right. that may be more than community. enough. And, and yes. the black community. Yeah. So all in of a sudden, people yeah. have jobs. All right. In Mark addition Harris. to that, though, guys, he, you know, he really won and ran as a populist. Yes. Sure. And that's what he's allowed not really him to a carry. Republican. I mean, he's not a, he's yeah. not a right, but he didn't Certainly. live up to any of those expectations yeah. and claim he was going to shore up Social Security and bring big, beautiful, wonderful, low-cost health care and, and raise taxes 
on the wealthy and get us out of the foreign wars and drain the swamp instead of oh, stocking the Oh, I wish he would do all those things. But that's, that's yeah. our point, is yeah. that he didn't do those things, and yeah. that's why he likely will lose the Rust Belt in 2020. Mm, but no, you have so. But you're assuming that the alternative so. remained constant. If right. and what Who is, is he going to lose the Rust left. Belt to? Yeah. That's the right. Midwestern yeah. moderate like Amy Klobuchar or Mayor Pete. Neither Never one happening. Of Neither one of them are going to be the nominee. Yeah. I'll bet you a buck. I think he would okay. lose the Rust Belt. <laughs> gotta lose that. I think he would lose the Rust Belt to Liz Warren or Bernie. Bernie got standing ovations and full yes. house crowds in he all could, those states. He could lose. Yes, he could lose. I believe he could lose the Rust Belt uh, to Bernie Sanders. I'm not, not so Elizabeth sure about Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Right. But I don't think he's going to lose the Rust Belt to Kamala Harris. No. Right. Let's talk right. about Kamala Harris. Right. What she said. I mean, she she went after Joe Biden mm-hmm. on a legitimate issue. Mm-hmm. Right. How did he handle it? Not well. And how did she handle? <laughs> he handled it not well. Was it a home run for her? You know, I, it's. I guess if you don't know much about Kamala Harris, it was a home run for her. All right. Yeah. I. Th- I think a bigger home run for her was when she said, "All right, everybody, calm down. <laughs> the the, the, food the, fight. the people do not want to have a food fight. They want to know are we yeah. going to put food on their table." That's a big, I yeah, thought that's a that line. was a home run. That's okay? a home run. What she did with Joe Biden, not so much, because I, this whole thing about oh, I was that little girl on the bus and all that stuff. I mean, first of all, it, she may have been that little girl on the bus. Joe Biden has a very well-known position on busing. This isn't the first time anybody's ever called him on it. Mm -hmm. But Joe Biden has done more for civil rights Mm -hmm. than anybody standing mm -hmm. on that stage. And I have to say that. I mean, I used to be a Democrat. I used to support Joe Biden. He has done more for that. Even even by dealing with these miserable Southern Democrats who are terrible people. But you got some of these people to vote for some of this stuff. We wouldn't have civil rights in this country mm-hmm. if it weren't for people like Joe Biden. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I don't think she's also a he's also the one that put the Obama administration on on track to support gay marriage. Absolutely. Joe yes. Biden was the one Who's that really he? changed changed Absolutely. the thing. Absolutely, he's the we're, one who did it. We're going to be back shortly. One eight hundred seven two three eighty two eighty nine. That's a great point. Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness. Helping themselves. And helping each other. With friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. 
Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Uh, we're going to go. Let's go to Bonnie. She's listening to us in South Point. Uh, I'm sorry. South. Uh, not South Point, Indiana. Are you using South Point, Indiana, Bonnie? Crown Point, Indiana. Crown Point, Indiana. Okay. The, the oh, call screen has yes, said it's South I, Point. Go I, ahead. Am I going to unload? <laughs> but I'm, I know I have. I don't have a lot of time, so I'll make it quick. Go take a deep breath. So, so, so all these people who want the open borders thing and the free health care, the whole world wants to come here. That's billions of people. So you want them to come, no catch. Then you know what? Put up or shut up. Be their financial sponsors or don't say anything. Um, also. You know, you talk about your illegal immigrant health care. Why are the Democrats so stupid? Why can't they just say, hey, you know what? We want to have health care, but we're not going to put that on the American people. We're going to build our countries of origin. No. Um, so. Well, I, that, I, was rec- that, that, was, that, that was that rec- was that was that was recommended a Marshall Plan. I think uh, Julian Castro had talked about that. A Marshall Plan for uh, for the, the the three Central American countries down there that it would keep people there. That's yeah, an idea idea that's been money. discussed for thirty years, but obviously yeah, it's not working. Let's give money to the corrupt and make sure they use it well. well. Yeah. And uh-huh. ma'am, if most well, people want free health care, they're just going to stay in their countries because the entire industrialized world pretty much has that. So they're not going to come here for free health care. Well, maybe the reason they come here is because, you know, there's only so many beds, only so many doctors. You have to allocate either by price, which is the way we do it, or you do it by quantity, which means you wait in line. They can have free anything, but there isn't any. That's why do people come from Canada to the United States when they have something urgent? Only very rich people do that. I understand that, but the reason is because they have to wait in line. They come across because they can get it immediately. But people don't go there because they die here. But see, what's interesting is that, that not only do they want Medicare for all where we must wait in line, but then they do not want you to allow you to have independent or uh, or uh, private, private insurance that private. Could, you could say, well, I'm just going to use that. Which yeah. many so of the other twice. industrialized well, world has. Well, yeah. well, I agree with you there. That, that's, uh, G- yeah. Getting back to the caller's point in, in Crown Point, which is just over the border from yes. where we are here in Chicago, I mean, I think, again, as a centrist Democrat, the answer is we should have strong borders. We can't simply let everybody who wants to come in come in without a process. Now, there are certain people who are escaping horror situations throughout the world um, being prosecuted because they're Christian or Jewish or gay or Muslim you know or uh, uh, you know some minority in their country Mm -hmm. and we should have a process for people like that for the folks who are coming up from the Northern Triangle countries Mm -hmm. um, Honduras Nicaragua El Salvador um, they're leaving horrible conditions and you know if I were facing in the suburbs of Chicago the possibility of my kids being killed I'd probably leave Um, so I get it I think the cheaper solution for the United States is actually to hopefully try and help fund some good governance in those three countries rather than seeing an influx of a hundred or hundred and fifty thousand people at the border every month is there a greater role I'm Bonnie I want to get your reaction as well because again usually we're talking about government programs is the answer here a lot more involvement by NGOs because because governments may not be able to do it as well and if the basic issue is that you want to teach people to to have a better job if you want to if you want to educate them if you want to keep them healthy can the, can those services be provided by NGOs and encourage okay, them cool. more 
Bruce, first yes. of all, some of your some of your listeners may not know what an NGO is. So, uh, so okay. you may want to basically it's 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 a it's a non-government organization like a non-profit okay. could be the red okay. cross could so, be groups like that oh, okay so 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 here here is part part of this remember now that there are people and there are legal immigrants here who are really ticked off because <coughs> i have a friend who is trying to who, who hit, it took 10 years to get her mother to come here from the philippines her husband's an it guy he makes a lot of money easily supports this woman and she had to stand in line and hop through boots mm -hmm. it took forever to bring her here and how do you think they feel when these other people are hopping in front of them in line and you know and then you talk about asylum that's the biggest joke in the world because the even the united States says asylum should be seeked in the first country that's actually international law right. right that is yeah that's so, right so that's all bs too now, now, let's think about also, uh, I don't know if you're aware, Ben Carson has testified in front of Congress recently about housing subsidies for illegal aliens. And one of these idiot uh, Democrat Congress people said, oh, well, what about a mixed family where the parents are illegal and the children are, are U.S. citizens? And I'm thinking, what planet have you come from? In my life, when my parents said, hey, honey, you're going to, we have move guess what i did i moved and and the, the child can go with the parents back to the country of origin i don't see how that's a, a difficult concept but ma'am you're, you're missing the point that it's a number of these countries have been overrun with pockets of drug cartels and a lot of these people are fleeing their countries like you would flee your house if it was on fire and so you know and just imagine what would it take to to trek a, a thousand or more miles across foreign lands just to survive with your kids in tow so we do have to recognize the acute nature of this uh, uh, humanitarian crisis and have a little bit of heart yeah right. but and, uh, why don't they stop and the cartels uh, just yeah, back. the cartels are thriving right. why because of the thirst for drugs in the united states Partly. it is americans that are feeding the drug habit and the crime in Honduras and all these countries. And didn't I'm Bruce Dumont? We got a pause. We got another full hour coming up. When we come back, we will also be talking about the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall riots. Back shortly. Samberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. 
expense. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, go to FCC.gov emergency. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, I mentioned in the last hour, this is the 39th anniversary of this program. It began as a 13-week uh, experiment in 1980 on WBEZ, a local uh, public, uh, public affairs uh, or public broadcasting station. The show was originally on Thursday night. It was originally uh, an hour, then 90 minutes. And uh, we are now, of course, two hours. We switched to uh, commercial radio in 1989. And uh, the idea was to bring together people who really loved politics, political animals. Uh, when I made this pitch uh, to Carol Nolan, who was the general manager, I said, I don't want it to be a program where we have to stop and explain who all these people are. Uh, we want people to come in, catch up, or do a little research before the next show so that we didn't tune, uh, tune out uh, people that uh, you know uh, were bored that we had to reintroduce everybody every week. So the program really grew out of that idea. It was called Inside Politics at the time because we were literally inside and we were talking about what was going on in the city of the, uh, Chicago and also in the country at that time. This was, you know, Ronald Reagan and John Anderson uh, were fighting it out for the uh, nomination for the Republican Party and Jimmy Carter had just been challenged by Senator Kennedy. And so there was a lot going on and then, it, then within the city of Chicago, uh, there was uh, Jane Byrne and uh, eventually Harold Washington. So uh, we got started with a lot of uh, 
things going on in the city. And again, 39 years uh, later, we're still doing it. So uh, we're not planning any big special tonight, but hopefully, Lord willing, if we're all uh, alive, or at least I'm alive next year, uh, we'll celebrate a 40th anniversary. And again, I just want to thank you also uh, for being with us, because I know I get emails and I get occasional uh, calls from people uh, saying that uh, you know they they've been listening to the show for 10 years or 20 years. Some of the guests that we have on this program have been visiting us for 20 years, uh, and including a lot of people who uh, started just out of college and now they've got three children. Uh, so uh, it's good to to grow up with them as well. And uh, I wanted to mention I mentioned this at the beginning of the broadcast. Uh, we have a new uh, email address. It's beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail. Beyondthebeltway2019 at gmail. It's always good to get your input and questions and comments during the show. But also, if you ever have any suggestions on how we can improve the program, uh, I do read every uh, email personally. So, again, let me know your thoughts on, on what we might be able to do in the future, even to make this more of an enjoyable program. And, again, uh, I will... I will, I will promise you, in fact, I'll, I'll make this promise because uh, we are clearly already in an election cycle. And, uh, you know, normally these cycles start a little bit later, but uh, we're already <laughs> in the 2020 battle. I want to say, if you're a regular listener to this program, I think you probably can figure out politically where I might end up on the political spectrum. But just as in 2016, when there was, you know, an umpteen number of people running in the Republican primary, during that period, we always had someone that was representing, at least it wasn't necessarily on every show, but throughout the whole, I would say, year and a half of that campaign, we always had a goodly number of people from all, all sources within the Republican Party then, and we also had people that represented Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton. And again, we've tried always to be fair and balanced. Tonight, we got a good example. We've got we got the progressive wing of the party here. We've got the centrist wing of the party that's defining itself, and that they're they're I think hanging on for their dear life right now. <laughs> but we're going to be dealing with them uh, for the rest of this campaign. I want to pledge you uh, again. You may know where I'm coming from politically, but I'm going to try to be fair and balanced to everybody and ask political questions, including of the president and those people here who are representing the president as to. Uh, what uh, he uh, could be doing better and whether or not uh, there's some significant changes uh, as the Republican Party uh, prepares for what the party will look like after uh, Donald Trump. I don't think there's going to be much of a challenge to the president coming up. It will probably happen. We'll do some coverage on it. But again, it's the nature of the program. Beyond the Beltway, uh, I've felt for 39 years now, all the political wisdom in this country does not reside along the banks of the Potomac River. There are people that live beyond the Beltway. They live in Chicago. They live in some of our affiliate markets. They bring passion, a discussion of real politics with real emotion every Sunday night, and that's why we're here, and we're delighted to have you with us. Thank you very much. Um, I want to go through quickly. Uh, if I can, let's take a call. Uh, Edward, who's listening to us in Chicago, he has a question, I think, for, for you, Professor Miller. So, uh, Edward, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah, good evening, uh, gentlemen and ladies. Um, yes. I noticed that Huawei, uh, Trump is letting Huawei uh, sell to U.S. firms, and Mr. Trump had a visit with Mr. Kim. Mm -hmm. I wonder if China played a role in that. What oh. do you think of that uh, oh, decision? Um, anything that's going to happen in, in North Korea is going to involve China, and that's why this may be an uncrackable nut. 
Uh, no matter what we do in terms of putting any kind of controls or, or sanctions on North Korea, China will simply override them, in a sense, and take care of the problem. Uh, I wonder if, if one thing that it would be wonderful is if somehow Mr. Trump could get Xi to, to agree, we're going to work together to try to do something about North Korea. I don't think it's going to happen because they want that buffer between, they don't want a, a united Korea that would be part of the West. That's mm -hmm. the last thing that they want. Mm -hmm. So what they will do then is they will try to prop up the North almost at any cost to keep the South from taking uh, mm -hmm. control of the North. Are you are you concerned about uh, the, uh, the the electronic Huawei? Uh, uh, hey, Huawei. 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 Are you concerned about uh, them getting access to the United States? Market, Michael and uh, Mark. I, you know, I am. They already are. Um, yeah. They, you know, some of their technology, particularly in some of the smaller telecom uh, companies. Uh, I saw something about you know uh, a company in Mississippi or Alabama who you know they use their switchers or what. You know, okay. I, I'm no technological expert, but just following along on what Mike said, you know, if if we had the power to say China stop this nonsense mm -hmm. in North Korea. North Korea would change course immediately. Course. Unfortunately, North Korea being a bad actor toward the United States, uh, they're not being a bad actor toward China, really. I mean, it, it's it's in China's benefit for North Korea to be a thorn in our side, essentially. Yeah, you right. Judy, some, uh, I, I, there are some people who are going across the river into China, and that's creating some problems. Right. Mm -hmm. I yes. want to cut to the chase here about a concern that we had a couple of weeks ago. We did a show on cybersecurity. Mm -hmm. Are you worried that a company with that much power is making products in the cyber world that could be spying on us from the day they buy their computer? Right. Um, I, I think, actually, as I was driving here tonight, uh, there was a discussion um, about, um, I always, I don't know how to pronounce the name of this guy. Huawei. Huawei, yes. Huawei. That the president has lifted sanctions, not lifted Some. sanctions, but has Some. lifted their ability not to sell to us, not to give us their products, because that would entail the possibility of some kind of chip or something that could spy yes. on us, but that our companies can sell to them. Correct. So it's it's a one-way street. Um, I'm not sure that I'm completely happy with that, but I'm better than if they, you know, he would say it's okay. Obviously, I think a company like that presents a problem. China has always presented that problem to us. They steal our copyrights. They steal our electronics. They steal everything. But the the uh, on the point of, of them being behind Kim, Kim is, I think, trying to do something and, and perhaps walk some kind of a line where he could bring his country into the world. And I think Donald Trump is giving him that opportunity. He's also negotiating with China, and I think he's trying. We've got a break. Back shortly from Chicago. My name is Bobby. I'm a veteran and lost my leg to a roadside bomb. My victory was going from a wheelchair to becoming a weightlifting champion. I'm Sam. I'm a veteran. My victory was finding a career I can be proud of and supporting my family. America's veterans are on their most important tour, the tour of their lives. I'm a veteran. My victory was going from homeless to home. At DAV, we're on a mission to help veterans get the benefits they've earned. I'm a veteran, and my victory was finishing my education. DAV offers veterans of all generations a lifetime of support. 
for victories great and small. My victory was proving that a disability is not a limitation. My victory was getting my service dog a new best friend. We help more than a million veterans every year as they face and conquer their challenges. My victory is being able to be there for my family. When America's veterans win, we all win. Help us support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. I'll go thank you very much for joining us. Uh, let's go to Robert, who's listening to us in Indiana. Robert, go ahead. Oops, oops. I guess Robert's not there, so let's, uh, you know, if the calls are gone, let's get rid of them. Uh, let me ask you this question. I, I want to I quickly run through I want to do, as, as Chris Wallace says, a lightning round, okay? Uh, okay. And yeah. I want to ask very quickly, uh, answer it this way, rising or falling? Just tell us your opinion. I'm going to go through the list rather quickly. Elizabeth Warren. Rising. rising. Cory Booker. Rising a little bit. Falling. Yeah. I'd say falling. Amy Klobuchar. Falling. falling. John Delaney. Done. Who? Beto O'Rourke. <laughs> falling. 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 Julian Castro. Rising a little. Rising. Tim Ryan. Stagnant. Rising. Stagnant. Done. <laughs> I, I mean, he came across as reasonable compared to so many of the he's, others. He's now, that's, I'm speaking as a Republican. <laughs> Tulsi. Let's all see Gabbard. Stable. Stable, yeah. Slightly Stable. Rising. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jay Inslee. Slightly rising, I would say. Did did actually pretty well, but mm -hmm. stable. I mean Bill de Blasio. Falling. Oh. Can you can you fall from zero percent? Yeah. Yeah. Joe yeah. Biden. Falling. Falling. Yeah. Bernie Sanders. Falling stable. a little. It's stabilizing, I think. Stable. Kamala Harris. Yeah. Rising. rising. Yeah. Kirsten Gillibrand. Falling. falling. Uh, Michael Bennett, stable, stable at zero. Yeah. Uh, Eric Swalwell, <laughs> stable at zero. zero. Yeah. John Hickenlooper, <laughs> stable uh, at zero. Stable at zero. Pete Buttigieg, rising, rising, rising. Yeah. I don't know why, but rising. right. <laughs> but did he do a good job in the second debate? Not I, I really. Think, I thought I, he was. He didn't really. Well, here, here's here's the thing about Pete. Kind of dull. Um, he had his breakout performance at a town hall on CNN at the uh, end of uh, March, and that's kind of yeah. when he really went big. But a lot of people didn't see that. And ever since, he has really kind of outperformed. And I think as more people see him who haven't seen him previously and see how well he does and how stable he is, I think he had the second best performance after Kamala on Thursday night. And he really? made a couple of really powerful comments. One was if more guns would make us safer, then we would be the safest country on the planet without all these mass shootings. And the second point was he took ownership for his city being in pain over some yeah. police use of force. He issues. said he, he, he took responsibility for something. Mm -hmm. Now, was that, mm -hmm. a, was, that a, was that a powerful plus moment, or is it a guy saying, hey, listen, I'm playing on a small stage. I can't deal with police community relations, yet give me the biggest job in yeah, the world. It was refreshingly right. frank. Right. It yeah. was, he gets That's an A right. for refreshment. Yeah, I, I guess right. I also find him a little bit of a scold when it comes to Christianity. He, apparently, mm. he's yes. the he knows exactly what Christianity is, and I he doesn't like Eric, the way you Eric, do it. Eric Swallow stopped yeah. him, though. Yeah. Did you see the look that yeah. that he gave to Eric Swallow? And <laughs> oh Swallow my said, God! Why did you just fire you? Right. Yeah. The well, look he gave kill. him was it's, unbelievable. It, I've know, never seen it, anything it, like it's, it. It's easy to say that when you're like Swallowell and you're at zero percent. Um, you know, I think as Pete gets no, to speak. No, but the look that Pete oh, gave him was like, if the look, right. 
I mean, he gave him a look that, you know, could absolutely sure. kill. Yeah. I think as more people hear him, and he talks about what Christianity is to him, which... Nobody talks about what it should be to everybody else. No, no, not his well, he, he says what it is to him, and he'll have that opportunity. The one thing that he and Trump have in common is they're both authentic. They speak their oh, mind. You know, that. they actually yes, speak... Okay. And, and, and yeah. Bruce, to your point, as we go through all these people, the Swalwells, the Bennetts, something important is going to happen in three hours and 38 minutes yes. and that's when the clock hits 11:59 or midnight and the end of q2 quarter two fundraising and money time and in the next day or two or three all these uh candidates are going to be announcing how much they raised and you're going to have five the big five bernie biden kamala uh, um, uh, Warren and Pete, who are going to announce somewhere between 18 and 30 million dollars, mm. and then you're going to have the Eric Swalwells and the John Delaney's who are going to say, "I raised 1.3 million," and at that point, we can talk about you know who's rising and falling all we want, but these people aren't going to be able to afford staff in Iowa. Did uh, I got two more names? Uh, Marianne Williamson. Falling. Rising or falling? falling? Falling from the galaxy. Well, the yeah. people apparently Googled her after they uh, presented. <laughs> Rising, as an author. Rising as an author, falling as a presidential yes. candidate. Right. Andrew Yang. I think he's down. Stable. He's an interesting man, and he didn't come across that way. He's a very interesting guy, but he didn't come across. Right. Well, they never let him he talk. Did, yeah. I think yeah, they he didn't had, let him he talk. He had about three Three yeah. minutes. Yeah. yeah, he thought his mic might have been turned off. He said, yeah. oh, "Really? Wow. Well, wow. when you're a one." Well, issue. NBC screwed that up, so they oh, might have yeah. done that. And when yeah. you're a one-issue candidate, you know, mm -hmm. he's all about this, you know, universal basic income. Yeah. Right. Who really cares what he has to say about yep. Iran or you mm -hmm. know whatever? Right. No, the he point is, but people want to know about this universal basic. Yeah. <laughs> It'd right. Be nice to and, know, until yeah. they find out about his value-added tax, Would which is going to eat away the entire benefit. Let me make this statement. true. Would you agree that the um, the Cory Booker Kamala Harris battle for the primary African American vote that Kamala Harris has won that part of the primary already? Yeah. Yes. That Booker oh, yeah. not yet. Booker might be good, but he Kamala Harris, for better or for worse, seems more believable. Yes. And Cory Booker seems like he's always posturing and this yep. you know i know i can speak spanish and i know people that were victims of gun violence and right. i eat yeah. vegetables and you know it was <laughs> it's just a little too much thinking that, and now she might That's be the, of the same folks. she might yeah. be of the same ilk Right. But she comes across as more passionate well, she, and more believable. She was very staged with a lot. That's that's why I, yeah. I, I thought that one comment about let's not have a food fight. That, I don't know that that was staged. I, I really no. don't. Mm -hmm. But the thing with Joe Biden was very staged. Yeah, I mean, she interrupted a discussion on mm -hmm. something else mm -hmm. to beat him up on busing. And, and the real... Uh, so um, she's kind of staged. And when he's not there... Also, She's going to look more staged. The I television, think. the television director, uh, made a very important call, because when she was talking about being the little girl on the bus, Joe Biden was looking straight ahead, yes. and right. she was very impassioned, yes. right. literally about stoic. three feet from him, looking right at him. And I right. thought mm -hmm. it it showed a dismissiveness. Mm -hmm. Right, which I think uh, yeah. he should was at not least good. have turned should around have looked and, and looked at, at her. That's well, exactly right. Well, Bruce, think about this. You know, the, the first two states that vote are Iowa and New Hampshire. Yep. Um, 
there are very few African Americans in either state. And that's going to hurt Biden because a significant amount of his support is coming from African Americans. Yes. If he walks out of Iowa and New Hampshire finishing third, fourth, and then he goes to Nevada and doesn't do particularly second, well. Second, you know, even well, second, so he second could be done, Nevada. which means yeah. his African American support has got to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. I think it probably goes mostly to Kamala. Mm -hmm. right. But is there? But but does Kamala Harris have the ability to put together in Iowa and New Hampshire, or primarily in Iowa, what Barack Obama was able to do? No. I mean, Barack Obama was a was a moderate uh, Democrat right. Right. from a neighboring state. With kind of a funny name, uh, and, and and much he was more likable, I think. And a likable, yeah. She comes across she with a little harder edge. Right. She's from the West Coast, mm -hmm. and uh, she's come out with some with some policy positions that may not play well even in a well, in a liberal state. Well, she's got some like history Iowa. that that may not play well either. But she was a prosecutor. Mm -hmm. When you're a prosecutor, you you take some hard positions. Yeah. You put people away. Um, all of a sudden, you know, she's not about that anymore. She, she's, she would come across as somewhat not genuine. I think Obama came across, you know, with that smile and much more, much more genuine than she will. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that she can. I don't know if any on the Democratic side, and I've said on the show several times, if I could have pizza and a, and a soda with anybody, it would be Joe Biden. I just think he's such an interesting, likable man. I kind of resent that they attacked him. Mm. His views on, on civil rights, mm -hmm. essentially calling him a racist and mm -hmm. so forth. Right. I, I just think that they, they, they and even the, uh, the, the law on um, um, crimin criminals. Uh, well, oh, yeah. Uh, those, those ideas were brought up by many cases in the cities. We've got to yes. be protected oh, the from crime these. Bill, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I, and Joe the Black was Caucus something. was for it. Yes, right. the Black Caucus was for it. Mm -hmm. Even way back when, when, when there were the different uh, penalties for coke, uh, powder cocaine versus mm -hmm. crack, right, yeah. that was the Black community that said, "This is destroying mm -hmm. our, community. our community. We need something here." But the and right, I yeah. hate to see these Democrats turn on him like this when he was doing exactly. What everybody was well, they turned on Hillary. They, they turned on Hillary. They, I know. Right. Do you think right. he is and the strongest candidate to run against Trump? I, no. I have argued Absolutely in the past not. that had he run last time and gotten the nomination, he would, he would be president. Yeah. Oh, last agree. Time. Yeah. Last, last time. time. But I agree. what about this time? I, not this time. I think if they want any chance of winning, they've got to have a moderate. They they've gone so far left. They've got to have a man who has yeah. been in essentially in the center. For his entire career, right. I, you said I, a man. A man. I really I, think. I don't care if it's a man. I just, I, I, I really if I'm going to live with a Democratic president, I want the most competent person. But they ran with a moderate last time, and she lost. Yeah, no, I Who think did? the Hillary. person Hillary I, wasn't a moderate compared well, compared to yeah, yeah, no, Hillary, 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 no, Hillary. She was, was a terrible candidate. Hillary was sui generis. I mean, she was a person who, you know, for 25 years, the right had essentially, you know, turned into somebody who a lot of people, including plenty of Democrats, yes. didn't like. Didn't if, like. if you run ads about how horrible Coca-Cola is for 25 years, a lot of people are going to hate right. Coca-Cola. Right. Yeah. And they branded yeah. her and it worked. Right. But guys, remember... I, yeah, the I, think, I think the person, I, maybe no one will agree with me, but I think the person who might have the best shot is Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm. Because the people who... I mean, it's true that people who voted for him in the primary turned around and voted for Trump in the general. A lot of them did, okay? Yep. And and because their positions are not all that different, all right? I just can't picture people in Ohio, Pennsylvania, 
and so forth voting for a socialist. I just can't he's see it. A We've Democrat. got a pause. We've he's got a, a pause. Socialist. He's not a socialist. He's a socialist Democrat. Right. Social Democrat. Uh, 1-800-723-8209 from coast to coast and border to border. We're going to switch gears when we come back, so don't go away. Keeping in touch with family and friends or reaching public safety officials can be challenging during power outages. If telecom networks are affected by severe weather or other conditions, the FCC recommends following these guidelines. Call 911 only when necessary and limit non-emergency calls. Avoid repetitive redialing to minimize network congestion. Try texting if a call doesn't go through. Conserve battery power. Switch mobile phones and devices to power-saving modes and turn off when not in use. If evacuated, forward landline calls to your cell phone if possible. If you're using your car to charge cell phones or listen to news on the car radio, be aware that carbon monoxide emissions can be deadly in an enclosed space such as a garage. Remember, always seek shelter in dangerous conditions and follow directions from public safety officials. For more info, Go to FCC.gov slash emergency. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago. We just got a big flare up. What, what was it that was said? What, did you, what was the charge that you made? You made a charge and everybody got upset. What was oh, no, no, I, I said, I said, um, we were talking about Antifa. Antifa has as much to do with mainline Democrats as the Ku Klux Klan has to do with mainline Republicans. You know, there are these two groups that are so far out. And you disagree that, you with know. that? Isn't that no? I, I think that's basically correct. I, I would never put the antifa. But I guess what I would say though is that there have been a lot of people on the left who have, who have not Justified. disavowed them. Right. And of course, that's not the job. You don't have to disavow anybody. You can just keep quiet. But when asked about them, they refuse to say what they're doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. If anybody uses violence in public protests, I'll say they're wrong. I don't mm-hmm. care if they're on my side or if they're on your side. But that's happening on the other side, too. And I agree. Well, I accept that. But Antifa has been all of a sudden the one they're throwing the... Uh, yeah, right. uh, but not just milkshake. Totally but, but, but these are blips. I mean, what, they, they get together and but they do this like once every no, three, I mean, no, three, three years. If you look at Portland, Oregon... Oh, go ahead. This is Portland, Oregon again right. today. Yeah, if, yes. if it happened in the past three days or so, in Portland, Oregon, the mayor... And the police have essentially said, "You can take care. You can take over downtown. Right? The, you, you will decide which cars can proceed and which ones can't." So I was so there. So they are protesting in such a way that they there. are given free reign to create violence. And this, I was there and last this thing summer. about people walking around with masks. I mean, and you know, it's against it, the law. It is against the law. You can't walk around the street so wearing a mask. We, we were there. I'd never been to Portland. My wife and I went on vacation. While our Come up to the camp. microphone or no one's ever going to hear oh. what you say about Portland. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were in Portland uh, this past summer uh, on vacation, and it was the day that there was this going to be this big clash between Antifa and the Proud Boys. And, Proud Boys, right? and it was this small little park in one little tiny section right of sure. downtown, and actually nobody ended up showing up. So, it you know... We talk a lot about these fringe groups, but, you know, mm. they're so fringe that I, I don't know that we have to give them a whole lot of thought. I, but I, they were rioting in Portland today. Right. Yeah, they they were. Right. They were, but, you know. so They were rioting in Berkeley during the, the free speech battles that we're having with uh, Ann Coulter going there and so forth, and they were hitting people. 
And now the big thing is throwing milkshakes. But now they've added they've some added kind cement. of uh, cement or something yes, to it. Right. So it dries. And right. having used cement a lot, it, it can burn your hands. That's why I always wear gloves but when I mess Democrat with cement. But what Democrat has, has uh, give cre given credence to Antifa's activities? That they've been roundly oh. disavowed well, by the, the party. Uh, no, oh, no, some people say, oh, absolutely, not. they're, they're anti-fascist. Even though officials? everything they do is fascist. Anyway, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they're, let's go to calls. Let's go to uh, Kendall. He's listening to us in South Dakota tonight. Whereabouts in South Dakota, Kendall? Uh, right now I'm in Edgemont. Edgemont? Where is Edgemont? Uh, uh, western part of the state. Oh. Western part of the state. Okay. What can we do city. for you? You called us up. You want to you want to join the conversation? Yeah, I, I've watched both of the debates, and uh, there was a lot of talk about control in both of the debates. Every candidate raised their hands for uh, a buyback program on assault rifle. I'm yes. curious how that would work. Uh, how can the government buy back something they didn't own? And, uh, you know, how much would they give us for it? And what kind of compliance rate do they think they have if we did that? And then who would it for? Oh, you're you're. All right. We're going to ask uh, Mike because he's yeah, a member of the NRA. I am, and I'm a strong supporter of this. I'm a strong supporter of almost all the amendments. I wish we would do more with number ten, but uh, <laughs> the, the idea of, of the buyback is just preposterous. Now, if the government wants to buy guns, and they make me a reasonable offer, but there's no penalty if I don't, that's fine. I don't know why the government would be doing that, mm -hmm. right. but this idea that there's going to be a buyback. It, 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 Swalwell wants it to be essentially mandatory. You're going to, mm -hmm. and if well, you Kamala, don't buy, sell it back, does as well. that's right. Mm -hmm. You're you're going to be that's going to be committing a felony. But here's the weird thing about it: they want to take AR-15s, mm -hmm. which are not assault weapons because they're not automatics. Mm -hmm. But on top of that, of all the deaths which are involved with guns, only three percent involve mm -hmm. rifles. And AR-15s are simply one of many different kinds of rifles. But you have to look at the larger picture. Why? What, is the, what is the societal benefit of a military-style weapon? It's not military-style. It's style. not a military-style like weapon. Well, it's, no. a, it's a semi-automatic. <laughs> right. You pull the trigger once and it fires once. Right. It's no different than a twenty-two. No, it, it, because, no, because it's got the high-capacity magazine, it's I, got the pistol grip, it's got the short barrel, it's and, made for and, combat and, and, situations. It's, it's a Volkswagen with a Ferrari body on top. It's like a kit car. And it's the weapon of choice for many mass shooters no, because the number, it can fire no, so many rounds The number of mass so shootings which are done with the AR-15 is not that large. It's, it's, it's handguns that are involved. If, if it were AR-15s were involved so much, they, would, they wouldn't be. 335 people were killed with a rifle, I think, last year or the year we have data. With AR-15s, yeah. Yeah, no, no, that was with rifles. With rifles, And AR-15s are simply one kind of rifle within the rifle part. But the purpose, people were killed by, yeah. by hands. But the purpose of a rifle, a bolt action, you know, 30-odd-6, is to shoot deer or elk. The purpose of, a, of an assault-style weapon is for combat purposes to shoot no, it's people. Not. No, it's not. Sure. I have one. So you need, I a, 30, you need a thirty a thirty round mag to go hunting for coyotes on your farm? Or? No, right. yeah, I have it because I enjoy it. And what, that's what is fine. It? How many suits do you have? Maybe you have too many suits. I have one suit. But I don't I, think you should have more than one suit. Suits are used to kill people. I don't think you should have a fancy suit. You have a right to buy whatever the damn uh, the, the suits that you want. I don't understand why you get to decide what I like to that have may fun be. with. Well, that may be. But now we're getting into because, the background checks and licensing. I get my, and I'm background checked. There's, there's okay. background checks. Well, you can't go out enough. and buy a gun just if you feel like it. At gun shows, you can't. No, you can't. No, you can't. There's a lot of straw they, purchases. No, you can't. No. Oh, that's against the law. I would never do that. That's against I mean, the there, law. I mean, there are laws about these things. Every time I hear, every time 
you know, God help us, there's another one of these mm -hmm. awful shootings. Everybody comes out with suggestions about changes in the law mm -hmm. that are already the law. They're already the law. All well, right? And the people who are doing these things are not obeying the law. They're evil. And they're bad people. Yeah. And, and the criminals are not going to obey the law, no matter what it is. So there's a different reason why these things are happening. And I believe it has to do with our entire societal uh, environment. I hate to sound like uh, mm -hmm. Ms. Williamson from the debate, but something needs to be done about everything you see on television. It's about shooting. Every show is, is about violence. The video games are about violence. Children are raised with this stuff. They, they think it's just fine. Something needs to be done about that. You need to change, pardon the expression, hearts and minds of people so that they don't think it's a great idea to go get a gun and shoot up their office or their girlfriend or, or the target or, or wherever they're going. Well, if we're and just talking Michael. about mass shootings, we're talking about guns that can shoot a lot of bullets yeah. really rapidly before somebody can hopefully try and tackle the person. Yeah. I'm a person who we grew up with a, um, you know old military rifle um, in the house. It was far back in the corner. Uh, we weren't hunters, but I feel like a real man or a real woman who wants to go hunting for deer or elk, you know, hunts with the kind of, you know, the kind of rifle where you, you've got to manually load things. Oh, you can't shoot, you know, that's, 20, your, that's your opinion. That's 20, 20, but I but uh, understand. That, I could also that's well, I, I think a real man hunts like that. I think oh, a real man real who man. wants okay. to protect wow. his house has a shotgun that's got to, you know, too many two times. bullets. I think a real man like Dirty Harry carries a Colt 45 where you have to manually load each gun. A, mm -hmm. and 44 Magnum, but that's right. Uh, 44 yeah. Magnum, you're right. But the fact of the matter is all of the amendments have restrictions. I think you say, yeah, you want to own a gun? You can have three guns. You can have a, sh wow. uh, a shotgun, a wow. rifle for hunting, mm -hmm. and a handgun. Do you, want a, that, that, you I want a Democrat to bring that to the voters? Yeah. You know what? I think it should be limited th in a number of pages that may right. print. And I, I, a number I, of pages where we can talk Kendall, back to Kendall. And I Kendall just started a battle here. You got to go ahead. I, I live in South Dakota. I, I hunt a lot of coyotes, and I use an AR-15 for hunting coyotes. They're wonderful year. for that. Uh, first off, there's been 300 different manufacturers. They are they manufactured over uh, 15 million of them in 1963. Yeah. Literally, more people get murdered with hammers than they do with AR-15. Yes, right. <laughs> That's what the data show. But the right. NAR does not stand for. But the difference, rifle, sir, is that the, the primary yeah. purpose of a hammer is not to kill people. The primary purpose of assault-style rifles is assault for combat it's situations. Not it's not. Style. It's not to hunt elk. No, it's it's fun. So Have you ever shot one? We were talking about. Uh, both, both both actions are derived from the German uh, T98. Right, the Mauser. Yeah. The military arms go for war. Okay. So yeah. the, the military used the model 700 Remington. That, that's the same same rifle you use for deer hunting. Yeah, but people, but you don't find mass shooters using Mauser 98s or Grand M1s. But they use all kinds of things. I mean, how, about, how about different ways of preventing some of these mass shootings, like having security at schools? How about that? I don't want that. I have why? kids. How is, I have, how is it? Why? I had so many how guns in the past. A and nobody thing. It's a terrible thing. It's a terrible thing. 
that kids it's in the 60s the didn't have to go through metal detectors and worry about training for but you mass know what? shooter they events. Have, what, no, changed? They, yeah. what changed? What, what changed? changed? What changed? Well, AR probably what, in, what uh, they got rid of the assault ban, weapons ban. There Which, are a lot by the more. way, they did nothing. They didn't. Mm -hmm. They hit it in California, and um, they admitted when it was all over. It and, did nothing. And there nothing. are, as mm -hmm. the caller just said, millions upon millions. You know, as Pete said, look, if guns make us safer, we'd be the safest country in the world. But we're the, the country in the world with the most gun deaths. And it's not just mass shooters. It's people killing their wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or committing suicide. And because it's because we have you, Would you acknowledge, hang on just a second, and then we're going to go to break. Would you acknowledge that some people, some people who have guns, they do sleep comfortably at night because they've got a gun in the uh -huh. drawer? Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't okay. think we should illegalize guns. I think we should limit them. Okay. Sure. We've got us Kendall, thanks very much. You started a good battle here. <laughs> uh, we will continue. I'm Bruce Dumont. Don't go away. Samberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security. Securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness, helping themselves and helping each other with friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Bruce Dumont back in Chicago, and uh, we've got one more segment left, and I got a, I, I teased this a couple of segments ago, and that is uh, in, in large cities and small cities around the United States this evening, there's, uh, there's been parades and celebrations and commemorations of uh, a historic moment 50 years ago today at the Stonewall Inn in New York, Greenwich Village in New York City. And again, uh, that's when the, the gay rights movement really began in this country. It was a group of people that feel that they had they were oppressed by the police that, that attacked a gay bar. And again, it led to days of riots and, and all kinds of significant political change in the country. It really started 50 years ago today. And again, uh, that is a movement that has affected uh, hundreds uh, of millions of people around the world. And I wanna find out because that movement has been an important part uh, of the politics, certainly of the last 25 or 30 years in this country, where gay marriage is now legal uh, based on the Supreme Court decision. And I want to just find out from uh, our progressives uh, the important role that gay and lesbian voters have for the future of your party. You're for mm -hmm. Pete Buttigieg. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you're, I don't know if you're for Pete Buttigieg because he happens to be openly gay or, or what. 
what percentage of your interest in him is based on that. But how important are the gay and lesbian voters to the future of the Democratic Party and defining it? Well, I, you know, I think probably more important from a message perspective than a numbers perspective. The fact of the matter is, you know, the gay population is estimated at, you know, 4%, 5%, 6%, something like that. 2%. Um, maybe 2%, whatever yeah. it is. It's, you know, it's not a large percent. I happen to support uh, Mayor Pete not because he's gay. Um, I actually think it's a tremendous thing that we have somebody who is up on the stage and it's not a big deal that they're gay and it's also not a focal point at all of his campaign. He has mentioned, you know, in passing that he was allowed to get married, which I think is a wonderful thing. I think our our country is a better place with more married people. Don't believe me. Don't take it from me. Take it from Charles Murray. Um, you know, we, we heard about how with the passage of gay marriage, it would cause all sorts of you know, marriages to fall apart. You know, I, it's, it's heartening that we have seen so much progress in one area of our country mm -hmm. in such a but short But there's more progress that needs because because basic employment discrimination, uh, a federal employment discrimination ban, that doesn't hasn't taken place yet. It hasn't. I think, you know, the arc is long. I think it will happen. Let me, ask, that's you, a let good me thing. ask you a question. The Democrats have been in control since January of this year. We're at the 50th anniversary. Why has that not been passed? By this Congress, well, I I don't know that the Republican Senate would pass it. But but see that that's an excuse why the Democrats have not done what they could do. Right, and, they, and actually, they, they, they 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 could bring the issue to a head. They could make the Republicans look like Neanderthal thinkers. But all they've got to do is they've got to stand up and do the right thing. And, Joe and, Biden, by the way, when when Joe Biden. Basically, I think he put Barack Obama on the spot mm -hmm. when he was on Meet the Press. Mm -hmm. He did it, and that and that helped lead mm -hmm. to the Supreme Court decision. Absolutely. So you, the Democrats, in a, in a lot of ways, in, including you know bailing out things at the border, the Democrats have been in control for six months now. There's a lot more they could do every single day other than just talk about it. Sure, yeah. and if the if the Democrats in the House pass that bill. And assuming that the Republicans in the Senate passed it as well, I actually think Trump would would uh, would sign it. I think he I would. I, don't I think, think he would. No, I don't absolutely. think Trump really has a problem with he does with the he gay does. community. He Mark Harris, your re your response. Mm -hmm. uh, well, first, the, the the sea change that's happened in our country in the last Thank twenty you. years with respect to gay rights is stunning, and it does show that there can be progress. Um, I, I think the Democrats are more focused on, you know, economic issues, on uh, voting rights was a big thing, and, and they do realize that, um, that McConnell's stonewalling everything that's come in his way. But here's the yeah, point. The can you get beyond blaming Mitch McConnell for everything that goes wrong? I can blame him for abject intransigence. But the point is, do something yourself, mm -hmm. and then the average person once the Democrats have done something, mm -hmm. they can say, well, here's the guy that's slowing down. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's, just, with it's, the issue. It's, a, it's a broken record. You blame Mitch McConnell no, they don't. for that, everything. That's the problem with the Democratic Party is, the, is they, they treat English like a second language. And they have no, like, they don't have a, a, a freshman in college's ability to garner a cogent message and stick to talking but, points but see, and call out Mitch McConnell for, but the, for being the, the thing with the, with the issue about... Uh, about a national um, changing the law with respect to discrimination on the basis of, of sexual preference. It's a very simple fix in mm -hmm. the statute. 
the courts will not go with it. I mean, there's been a decision in the Seventh Circuit that that says it can be a basis of discrimination, but it's twisting the law, um, really doing a, a very difficult job of twisting the law. There are other circuits where this is not, where, where they're not taking that position. It's a real simple fix. And, and because of the sea change, with respect to gay rights in this country, mm. I'm not so sure that the Republicans in the Senate would block such a bill. Mm. And I do believe that President Trump would sign it. Mm -hmm. I do. I, I would say that the chances of Republicans uh, supporting that, especially in big states where they may be up for re-election, mm -hmm. would Very be good. almost as many as supported the civil rights bill in the 1960s. I would agree with that. Because mm -hmm. they would understand that history has reached a point where people have got to stand up and make a decision. I and mean, in this particular case, but, the right, but at the moment, the, right the first thing that's got to happen is there's got to be some leadership by the Democrats. They got to go beyond their talking points. Mm -hmm. And frankly, they've got to deliver for one of their most reliable constituencies mm -hmm. and that's something that's yeah. got to be discussed yeah. it's just again if you've not read the story of uh, stonewall it's an important story in american history it happened 50 years ago or began 50 years ago today our thanks to our guests uh, mark Harris, thanks very much and michael lieber and judith sherwin and mike miller we thank you all for joining us this evening our thanks to hector and bretta and fritz and Andrew and everyone else that's in there that I can't even see, thank you all for the production of this program. The first 39 years have been fun. The next 39 will be a little challenging for me personally, but hopefully the show will go fun. See you guys. Hi, I'm Ryan Sandberg, and I want to tell you about Miracle, the musical, inspired by the 2016 champion Chicago Cubs. It's one of the best productions I have ever seen. Now playing at the Royal George Theater. Do not miss it. Millions estimate their benefits online so they can do what they want offline. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Today, millions of people all across America are building a life in recovery from addiction and mental illness. Helping themselves. And helping each other. With friends, family, and community lending their strength and support. Join the Voices for Recovery. Together, we are stronger. For 24-hour free and confidential information and treatment referral for mental and substance use disorders, for you or someone you know, call 1-800-662-HELP. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.